Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. I welcome to Recursion of Two Keys, podcast for talking about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today, we'll be talking about everything from the stuff we missed with trailers for The Boy Season 4, Fallout and Furiosa, to the first trailers for Grand Theft Auto 6 and Amazon's Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and so much more. Uh, also, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok at Convo with Two Geeks. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email from anything from this episode or whatever previous episodes, our email is at conversationwithtwogeeks at gmail.com. You can also check out our back catalog on Spotify, App Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever podcasts you listen to. Hey, folks, we're back to a normal episode. I am so sorry, guys. My my work has been scheduling me not at the right time um, on Thursdays, which we normally record. Um, and so my schedule has been weird, but hopefully that's going to change because our new, uh, general manager is going to be doing the schedule. And so he has my availability. So I updated it. So it should be all good. Mm. Uh, moving mm. forward. So, Yay. Okay. yeah, I'm sorry about that. I hope you guys enjoyed the, uh, interview episode from last week. Yeah. I had a really blast working with Mo Ryan on that. Thank you so much for her. Um, yes. coming on and stuff but yeah no um but yeah no so we haven't been back since thanksgiving and now it's christmas it's been... yeah <laughs> and i'm i'm just like can this year just end already for real it's been crazy i'm just finishing up finals for school so i have i'm pretty much done i just have one more project to do for my drawing class that mm-hmm. we just did that it's not that big um mm-hmm. But I have that and uh, one short essay to write, and then I am done. Yeah. Meanwhile, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta revise some stuff as well as um, also it's award season. It's four year mm-hmm. consideration season, so I've been trying to get into screeners and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one tomorrow for next week that I'm really for a movie. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna say what it is. I got one from the Iron Claw next week that I'm really looking. Oh. For. I was supposed to go to this one this week, but. I kind of was putting in a little bit of a financial bind this week, and luckily it just got resolved. So that's good. Yeah, thank God for that because, like, I it, that gave me a lot of anxiety. But yeah, no, other than that, though, it's good. I will be going home soon, soon for Christmas and stuff. And also, I gotta get my um, I gotta get my, I gotta get all my uh, Christmas shopping done. Which, is, given my financial situation right now this year, is just. Like, that's my least favorite thing to worry about. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to some stuff we uh, Moving on to the stuff we missed. Um, We got an official teaser trailer for The Boys Season 4. Yay! Uh, The Mm -hmm. synopsis reads, The world is on break. Uh, Victoria Newman is closer than ever to the Oval Office and under the muscly thumb of Homelander, who's consolidating his power. Uh, Butcher, with only months to live, has lost Becca's son as well as his job as the boys' leader. The rest of the team are fed up with his lies. With the stakes higher than ever, they have to find a way to work together and save the world before it's too late. Based on the comic's same name, and developed by Eric Kripke, the series stars Carl, uh, Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, uh, Anthony Starr, Anne Moriarty, Jesse T. Usher, Laz Alonzo, Chase Crawford, uh, Tamir Capone, uh, Karen Fukuhara, Kobe Miffin, Claudia Domain, and uh, Cameron Convert. Cavetti and welcoming uh, Susan Hayward, Val- uh, Valerie Curry, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, aka Papa Winchester or Negan, depending on depending on who you are, or Denny from Grace Anatomy, <laughs> or that, <laughs> or uh, that. <laughs> yeah, the boy season four is set to premiere in twenty twenty four. I 
I'm really I'm looking forward to this season. It's I'm I'm very excited and I'm very curious like about the season and like um how with Gen V just finishing airing mm-hmm. its first season, if that's if like we're gonna see some connective tissue from that show too as well. So I'm very curious to see like now that the boys universe is being expanded a little bit, mm-hmm. how it's gonna play out and stuff. I'm pretty excited. Should from be what, fun. From what I've heard, Gen V season one is gonna lead into lead into the um boys because um spo- and potential spoilers for Gen V for those that haven't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. like the virus storyline, I from what I've been able to, from what Kripke has said, it will be leading into it will be leading into uh, the boys season four. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Also, this is being released in an election year. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> a little wild. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. I say it sarcastically. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm I am really curious. And also just the way how the trailer was, I'm just very curious to see like what's the fucking end game for this? Like it's it's gonna be very fascinating. Yeah, it will. Yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty excited. It feels not that the boys has never been serious, but it, there's definitely like a undertone of like more seriousness mm-hmm. than normal. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if like it was gonna be a little bit more brutal. Mm-hmm. this season and like um it's definitely going to be very politically like i don't want to say motivated but like there's definitely going to be some themes mm-hmm. about stuff that we can already tell a little bit in the trailer yeah so i'm i'm pretty excited i i need to rewatch like the show because like it's been a minute so i yeah. need to do a rewatch just to refresh my memory but i'm pretty excited I might rewatch season three because it's been a hot second. So, yeah. So yeah. Hey, but yeah. Anyway, moving on to actually another Amazon show. <laughs> um, we we got a teaser trailer for Fallout. A Assassin's Creed. It's based on one of the greatest video game series of all time. Fallout is the story of the haves and have nots in a world in which there is almost nothing left to have. Uh, two hundred years after the apocalypse, the gentle denizens of luxury fallout shelters are forced to return to the irradiated hellscape their ancestors left behind, and are shocked to discover an incredibly complex, gleefully weird, and highly violent universe waiting for them. From executive producers and Westworld creators, Jonathan Nolan, who will be directing the first three episodes, and Lisa Joy, uh, with showrunning duties going to 2018 Tomb Raider and Captain Marvel writer uh, Geneva Robertson Dort, Dort, I believe it's Dort, uh, Dort and Graham Wagner, uh, series... uh, the show stars uh, Ellen Purnell, Aaron Morton, Walton Goggins, Moisey Aries, uh, Twin Peaks star Kyle McLaughlin, uh, Sarita Kalhari, uh, Lost in Person of Interest, um, which, by the way, the latter was actually created by uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, star uh, Michael Emerson, Deadpool and Mary Fiction star Lisa Uggams, Francis, Francis Turner, David Register, uh, Register Zach, Zach Cherry, uh, John Pemberton, uh, Rodrigo Luzzi, Annabelle O'Hagan, and Zila Mendes-Jones. The series is set to air on April 12th on Prime Video. I'm... Okay, so full disclosure, I have you ever played the Fallout games? Because I've never played the Fallout games. I have not. So this is based on the games. Okay, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Um, no, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, the trailer looked good, but mm-hmm. I don't. Um, as somebody who has to play the game, I don't know how. Uh, 
up to date, like not up to date, uh, how accurate of a an adaptation it is, I guess, or like Mm-hmm. how much they're taking from the games. So. Yeah. Apparently, according to the game creator Tom Howard, like this is apparently set, I guess either I guess in between the third and fourth game, but like apparently it's like an original story, so that's gonna be interesting. But yeah, no, like I the best way, like my best friend, um, shout out my best friend Arjun, um, he's like he gave me kind of a rundown of like what the game is. Apparently, it's like an alternate history sort of thing. So I'm I'm very curious to see how overall this is gonna pan out. I know Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are video game nerds, so like this is probably a dream project and stuff. And yeah, no, this this is very interesting. That's really all I have to say.
I'm proud of our uh, SAG AFRA membership. They struck for 118 days to grant the television slash theatrical negotiating committee the necessary leverage to secure over 1 billion in gains, along with the union's first ever predictions around AI. Now they've locked in the gains by ratifying the contract. SAG AFRA members have remained incredibly engaged throughout this process, and I know they'll continue to advocate, continue their advocacy throughout the next our next negotiation cycle. This is the golden age for SAG AFRA, and our union has never been more powerful. Uh, the agreement is effective, retroactive to November 9th, 2023, and it on June 30th, 2026. So basically what this all means is that we're basically back in order. We're... Cool, cool, cool. This is like official, official. This yeah, is... this is official. And there was actually some concern because, okay, I don't think I've been able to publicly talk about this because I've been very coy about what I wanted to say. But, and I'm... <sighs> Full disclosure, any SAG member, I've remembered with this. I just, these are my own personal feelings. I'm not a SAG AFRA member, but I, like the overall contract, I think was good. It's just, there was a lot of stuff about the AI stuff that a lot of people, especially online, had feelings over. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, just in a nutshell, I think that this is something that the courts are going to probably have to deal with. And I would, while the WGA was able to get some protections over it, the way how writers have to deal with AI versus how actually deal with AI is very different. Also, I just, I didn't really like how some SAG AFRA members didn't consult visual effects artists um, and stuff, because like stuff like digital doubles and like crowd simulation has been done for like 20 years already and stuff. So it's just like, really guys, really? But <laughs> you know, it it is what it is. But everything else, like they got some major gains and stuff. It's just, it, it was just a lot of concern because I noticed there were some people that were very like strike happy. And I'm just like, are you real? Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go back on strike? Especially with it being like almost fucking Christmas and stuff. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I understand the concerns about AI. It's a, it's a big deal yeah. um, and stuff. And it is concerning, but I mean, <sighs> Like, I don't want to be like, yeah, don't try to fight for what you guys deserve. But mm-hmm. there's got to be, like, um, uh, compromise mm-hmm. a little bit. You yeah. gotta, and, like, be careful. Like, don't make it too, too bad. I don't know. It's just, like, I, you guys got you guys got the strike. It worked. Mm-hmm. You guys are getting the contract. It's not perfect. I don't think any contract would have been perfect. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, like, yeah, there needs to be protection from AI because some of the stuff that they can do with it is scary. Mm-hmm. But, like, technology is a huge thing in a lot of different industries, and it's huge in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, there's going to be some of it involved to mm-hmm. some degree. So I don't know. I just, I agree with you. I think it's just, like, we got to just, I don't know, just be yeah. careful, I guess. Yeah. And also just, like, you know, I've been out of work for, like, the past, like, six months. I would clearly like to go back on a set. For real. Yeah. So like it's it's a little bit of that as well. And I'm just being just plainly honest with that. But just you know, but either way, they ratified it. We're back in business. We're we're gonna we're 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 back in business. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. According to Deadline 3, Pixar movies, 2020 Soul, 2021 Zuka, and 2022's Turning Red, which were sidelined during on to Disney Plus during the pandemic, are gaining special uh, engagement theatrical runs with all three sets to relieve moderate to wide theatrical runs. As for when, Soul will be open. So will open on January 12th. While Turning Red will open on February 9th, followed by Luca Mushrooms, with tickets going on sale January 2nd. Nice. So I am very happy. Well, okay. First off, I, I get why I get why Soul and Luca were kind of put to Disney Plus, mainly because we were in the midst of the pandemic. But Turning Red should have never been on Disney Plus in the first place. So I'm very happy at that this. 
Turning Red is so good, guys. It's so, so good. Mm -hmm. Freaking love that movie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, this is good. This is exciting. I know it's like, these are the movies that got sidelined during the pandemic and it sucked because mm -hmm. Soul is really good too. Mm -hmm. So like, they and um, I haven't seen Luca, to be honest. I haven't seen it. I heard good things about it. Luca's good. Yeah. So it's just every movie deserves a shot, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is like good. It's a good thing, and like, um, I think it's awesome, and it's a great way for the movies to earn a little bit more money. So. Which, um, let's be honest, the mouse kind of needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those those shareholders are probably not happy at the quarterly earnings this year. Mm -hmm. I don't think any studio is, but like, especially the no. mouse, and I think also Warner's. Well, we'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. But yeah, no, I think it's a cool thing. It'll be fun. Yeah, yay. Yay! Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. Uh, via Pup News, according to a discussing film, or rather a tweet from discussing film, Netflix expressed interest in acquiring KV Acme, the $70 million Looney Tunes live action slash animation hybrid from Warner Brothers. However, the company reportedly offered less than um seventy mil than the $70 million budget cost resulted in talks ending as Warner Brothers wanted $70 million and more. But within an hour of that tweet going out, and according to an exclusive room deadline, it was revealed that Paramount, Apple, and Amazon have also seen the movie, and that Paramount is considering obtaining obtaining the film for a 2024 theatrical release, while Amazon is currently mulling over it. So in other words, cross your fingers, because this movie, I pray to God, this movie gets picked up by someone. Hopefully. I mean, Paramount... It's funny because like they try to get these up more obscure mm -hmm. titles and stuff, and and they try. So like, mm -hmm. we'll see, we'll see what happens. It, it does deserve to be seen though. So hopefully one of these guys gets it. We'll yeah. see. Um, yeah, apparently, and I don't know if this is with Amazon or if this is just in general, but marketing's trying to like wrap its rain about it. And as someone that also has seen the movie and stuff, like it's Looney Tunes. There's nothing really to market. Well, mm -hmm. well, I just didn't. I, I say that knowing that like Looney Tunes, uh, at least on film, does have the best reputation, but like, you know, if you market it well and stuff, and there's also nice action bits and stuff, and I don't know. I don't know. That's that's marketing department. They they probably know shit better shit than mm -hmm. we do. But like, yeah, no, I as someone that's seen the movie or at least saw a rough cut of it, um, it's really good. I do hope this movie gets a home soon. And mm -hmm. I'm just crossing my fingers that it will get home very soon, because like, you know, I I, I'm just, I'm just like so, just somebody, somebody buy this movie, for real, for real. It, it deserves to be seen. So, yeah. I'm sure one of these guys will get it, even if Warner's for some stupid reason doesn't want to deal with it. But yeah, you know, yeah. But yeah, no, I, 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 I think so as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think so as well. I'm just, I'm just out of, out of the two companies, I can either see Paramount or Amazon getting it. But yeah. Amazon's still just mulling it over, so. Yeah. I have, I think, if Paramount wants it, they'll get it. That's mm -hmm. their thing. They get, and I feel like Paramount has a good shot because, like, it's not, it's direct competition, but it's not, like, a, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Paramount has a good shot, so we'll see. Yeah. Also, like, interesting enough, Paramount actually, they actually give a shit about animation. Mm-hmm. Which. For sure unlike a certain other company mm -hmm. wb mm -hmm. which i just <laughs> so stupid yeah animation this is like 
it's so good, guys. Like, it doesn't have to, like, there's so much awesome content and animation that's not just for kids. It's such a valuable medium. And in the entertainment world, it just, it's sad that Warner Brothers doesn't value it as much because, like, Paramount got the whole Avatar universe over there. And when mm-hmm. those stuff start dropping, it's going to be straight fire. It will be. Yep, yep. I've even heard some casting news on that front. And, like, I'm just like, yep, once once those movies come out, it, it's going to be straight fire. Like, I never thought I would say this, but, like, surprisingly enough, Nickelodeon, I, I think Nickelodeon and them having Nickelodeon actually kind of saved them a little bit. It probably did, because, like, I know... I know that people are, are going to sh- stream it once those movies start dropping mm-hmm. over on Paramount. So, like, we just gotta mm-hmm. wait. But, yeah. Now, as soon as those pop up, like, there's still a whole very active fandom for for Avatar, and that's an animated show. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of potential. Like, why is an anime in general is just so big right now? Yeah. So, like, it's exploded over the last few years, really, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, so, hell, hell, what even this year, like, they gave full-blown marketing, uh, not just with Avatar, but just they gave, they gave full-blown marketing to an animated team and team movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that, and that made money. So, like, yeah, like, I can't believe, I can't believe, like, Paramount and cares about more, and cares about more about The animation. Spider-Verse movies? Hello? I mean, like, that's so, that's Sony. That's Sony, but but like that's still animation, and that oh, oh, just yeah. could prove like it doesn't matter what come like they can like if you do it right and you put in the work and mm-hmm. you have a good story, like it will work. You know that's the oh, thing. Oh, okay. I I thought honestly you were referring to just the individual companies and how they treated no. animation by well, just... yeah, yeah. But I'm just thinking like that, and I just. I think it's just stupid that Warner Brothers just doesn't see the value. Yeah. Especially because they have DC and they could do so much cool stuff with DC animation mm-hmm. stuff. They really could. Yeah. I know they might do a little bit, but like they could do something, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, definitely. And I just, yeah. I also like when you say like they they have like a, like if you create a good story and you create good things stuff, it will come. That's why I like to call it the field of dreams thing where if you build it, they will come. Yep. Yep. <laughs> ah, that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on to actually kind of a sad topic. Um, uh, via deadline, Norman Lear, who was responsible for revolutionizing television next series with groundbreaking hit series, uh, such as All in the Family, Good Times, and One Day at a Time, among others, has passed away at the age of 101 from natural causes in his, at his home in Los Angeles on Tuesday. Born in 1922 in New Haven, Connecticut, Lear attended Emerson College in Boston before enlisting in the United States Army Army Air Force in 1942, where he flew over 52 combat missions over Europe in a B-17 bomber. After the war, he initially worked as a publicist in New York, but moved to Los Angeles, where he pursued a career in comedy writing with Ed Simmons, writing for the Cold Gate Comedy Hour and the Martha Ray Show. Him and... Him and Bud Yorkin eventually teamed up to write the uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford show, and Leah Rader wrote and direct um, the the George Gobble show. By the end of the 1950s, but uh, Leah yeah, Lear had teamed up with Yorkin in Tandem Productions with an eye towards um towards making mark in movies. This that included Come Blow Your Horn, a comedy starring Frank Sinatra that 
York and directed, and Lena wrote and Divorce American Style, starring Dick Van Dyke and Debbie Reynolds. Uh, Lear and Robert Kaufman were nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. They lost to William Rose's Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Uh, Lear also directed and co-wrote another feature called Turkey, starring, which also starred Van Dyke. Fast forward to 1960s, and after two pilot rejections from ABC, All in the Family premiered on January 12, 1971, although ratings were not stellar. However, it was a lot of creatively, despite the network's worry, with Lear recalling in 2014 to 20 minutes before the show was set to be beat, he threatened to walk in protest over CBS's censor threats to remove one line from the show. It was a little battle, but I knew that I just simply had to win or I would lose from then on, he said. The show aired in tag, and as he was fond of saying, not one state seceded from the union. Uh, the uh, audience for uh, the audience for All in the Family picked up in sub subsequent months, and by the next season, it was the number one show on primetime and would remain so for five consecutive seasons throughout 1975-1976. Um, with its unvarnished portrayal of a bigot in Archie Bunker, um, against his often warring against his meathead liberal son-in-law Mike Sibley, played by Rob Reiner. Uh, the show actually resonated with audiences of all political stripes, but also ushered in a new era of primetime television landscape with more with more topical and controversial fare, replacing rule and fantasy sitcoms, shows like Gummer Pile, USMC, and the Union Group shows were huge since the 60s, but they ignored the Vietnam Wars and civil rights movement that were happening in real life. In contrast, few episodes of All in the Bunker went by without some mention of Barchi Bunker's love for the then-current president, Richard Nixon, or railing against civil causes like the peace movement and women's liberation. This scenes would extend to um, Leah's future work, such as Mod, which is a spinoff of um, All the Family, The Jeffersons, and One Day at a Time. At a time when viewers were just... At a time when viewers had just three networks for their entertainment diet, Leah's series were hugely influential, and the fact that some the content got on broadcast network is all the more amazing that in some topics that still might generate protests today. Uh, Lear is survived by his wife, uh, Lynn David Le Davis Lear, his children, Ellen, Kate, Ben, Madeline, and Brianna, and grandchildren, Daniel, Griffin, Noah, and Zoe with his family saying the statement, Norman lived a life of creativity, tenacity, empathy, his family said in the statement. He deeply loved his country and spent a lifetime helping to preserve its founding ideals of justice and equality for all. Knowing and living him has been the greatest of gifts. May he rest in peace. Take a moment of silence. All right. All right. I'm good. But yeah, this was. I don't know about you. I've only really seen beats and pieces of some of the shows mentioned. But the Jeffersons, I mean, it's the fucking Jeffersons. Yeah, I haven't seen, I see clips of the Jeffersons. I don't think I've seen like like a full episode, to be honest. Mm -hmm. so, I don't even know if it's streaming anywhere or whatnot. Yeah, that's actually um, a really good question. Um, so like, because I was, I don't think it was playing when I was younger, if I remember correctly. Um. The only thing I really know is, and I don't even, and I don't know how much I know he had some involvement, but of the modern mm -hmm. one day at a time, that's really where I know him from, mm -hmm. um, and I've heard of him. Mm -hmm. um, but like, like you said, the Jeffersons is huge. Mm -hmm. um, one day at a time, I think, has gotten huge because uh, of the reboot that mm -hmm. happened. 
and stuff like that. So it's just it's it's just really sad because he he clearly was extremely creative and was huge and like was not afraid to like have difficult storylines in mm-hmm. in his shows and to and stuff and so like he was a force when he's like no we got to do it this way can't cut out the like can you please not censor you know mm-hmm. like it's very sad he's yeah. very creative so. yeah and from what i've been able to gather especially from a, like a lot of writer mutuals i follow like they're 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 sad because they this was an influential man like i was reading one yeah. new york times piece where like a ton of showrunners like i guess they were having like some sort of luncheon and stuff and like a ton of showrunners came and then in come norman lear and like everyone like geeked out around him and stuff because yeah. for a lot of them who i met a lot of them um you know they were very influential they watched a lot of all in the family jefferson's jefferson's good time good time and stuff good times and stuff and like they probably watched those shows and probably took very 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 clear notes and they probably were like i want to do that i want to write like that yeah. so yeah no so yeah and you know it's you know it is sad he lived a long good life but it is sad either way yeah for sure yeah but anyway moving on to the exact other opposite of this uh, we got a first, we got the first show of Grand Theft Auto 6, and the only thing I would really find, because there's no goddamn description for this, uh, developed by Rockstar Games, the game is slated to release in 2025. So, Grand Theft Auto. And it's only going to be released so far on PlayStation 5 and then Xbox Series S and X. Mm. There's no... Com- release date for pc but i'm assuming it's going to be released at pc at a later date yeah so the initial release will be for console probably yeah yeah no i remember reading about that as well and um again when it comes to video games i'm a bit more of a novice with it like i don't have the consoles or anything like that but i did like as soon as this trailer came out i was just like i was kind of just visually stunned by it and then i ended up doing a whole um shout out to this youtuber um i think it's nick I think 390 or 290. I forgot uh, the last three. Um, I forgot to let the last digits were. But like, uh, he he created a two-hour um, documentary on Rockstar Games and and um, GTA. And like, I highly recommend folks check it out and stuff. Because like, I I did I did a whole lot of deep dive, and it's very interesting just looking at just yeah. the progression of it and stuff. Especially as someone that like. A wasn't able to play it because I didn't have console, and B probably wasn't going to be allowed to play it because of the M rating. Yep. Um, I've never really played a GTA game to be honest. Um, I know we had one that was on the PlayStation Two mm-hmm. that my stepdad played every once in a while, but I did not play it. Um, mm-hmm. but. It's been ten years since the last one came out. I think the last one was released in twenty thirteen. Yeah, I think twelve years. I saw. Yeah, so it's been a hot minute since they released a full on new one. Mm -hmm. Um, the trailer honestly looks really good. The graphics Mm -hmm. look insane. It looks Mm -hmm. phenomenal, and um, I'm very um excited. Like. I might check it out to be honest. Like I don't I I know a lot of people I follow a lot of few YouTubers who are super amped for it mm-hmm. and are excited for it. 
Um, they've been wanting GTA 6 for a long time. It's mm-hmm. been a long time people have been wanting it. And um, I know the 20, 2025 release date, people were hoping for 2024. I think the 2025 is more realistic. Yeah, no, like, um, like let's let's be frank, folks, especially for anyone that works in the animation or video game realm. Let these people take all the time they need. Yep. Yep. So I know people are really hyped for it um, and stuff. So I'm, I think it's going to be cool. I, this is a huge franchise. This is really what put Rockstar Games on the map, I believe. Mm-hmm. This is like one of their biggest games. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think it'll be fun. I know. And like, this is. And I and I think it's gonna be fun and I know people like it because it's open world too, so people are excited to explore and I, mm-hmm. I think it's just gonna be a fun fun time. Yeah, it looks so much open world that it almost kinda looks like the real like I I like I haven't been the afforded... graphics look insane. Honestly. Yeah, I, I I can't okay, I have a quick question though, as someone that because you're from Florida, right? Yes. Okay. Does that look like Florida? Cause like I'm I'm not gonna lie, like I've been talking with some folks, and apparently that's like a like that looks like one thousand percent like Florida. It does. So, where for what I'm understanding is this is gonna start probably in Miami. Yeah, that's where it looks like they're in Southern Florida. Okay. So there's a shot of them going down to the Keys, which is like near the mm-hmm. very, 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 very end of Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the spot, and so like it's. It does, like realistically, I think it does to mm. a pretty good extent. Like they're definitely gonna be hyping up the Miami area. Like that area is mm-hmm. gonna be huge, mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So I'm not, uh, that I think it does, and the, the beaches and stuff like that. I'm just curious how much you're gonna be able to, cause like. I've heard that you're going to be able to drive all up there. So, like, are they going to go out to Orlando, which is, I'm more from Central Florida. Mm. So, like, uh, that's where Disney is. That's where the theme parks are. That's where, mm-hmm. like, a lot of, because Orlando is a huge area now. So, that's where a lot of stuff is. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm curious how far you're going to be able to drive, like, how open, open world it's going to be. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, Orlando to down in Miami is like a, three-hour drive, four-hour drive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just very curious if they're going to keep it more contained because it's Florida's a big state. It may not look as big as California on the map, but it is, it's not little, it's not like a little, it's not like Delaware or like one where you can drive two hours and you're out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it could take you like six hours to drive from one end to the other end, or at least close. Oh wow! So it's it's big, so I think it does. Um, they have the beaches, they have the swamps. There's gators in the trailer, which is like that one. A person was there. Somebody like wrestling with a gator or like trying yeah, to wrestle with a gator. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why is that accurate? It's unfortunate. Lord um, man, for real, it's so it's crazy. The, <laughs> But like it, it definitely gives me Florida vibes, a hundred percent. And the club scene, like the and stuff like that, it's going to be wild. But I think it does. I just we we got some look of it, but like 
I'm just, I, I'm hyped for it though. I think it's going to be fun. The Florida mm-hmm. stuff is going to be fun because mm-hmm. you can do a lot of fun stuff. So yeah. I think it's going to be crazy. Yeah. And we know it's not, from what I've been able to get, like, it's not like exactly Florida, but let's be honest, it's fucking Florida. It gives, it definitely, even if it's not exactly, it gives the vibe. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very much that vibe. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that's more important, honestly. But um, yeah, I'd be, I'm, because I saw somewhere that going to be able to drive the whole state. I'm like, really? They're going to digitally impose like the whole state? I'm like, that sounds crazy. Um, but I mean, it's possible. I mean, the, if they do something kind of like uh, Hogwarts Legacy, where like mm. that map is huge, or like mm. Tears of the Kingdom, that map was huge. I mean, so, we like, are in like the probably like one of the best eras of like consoles and stuff. So yeah, and like open world is becoming more and more common and yeah. stuff too. So like, there's blueprints out there; they can make it work. Um, okay. But I'm like. <laughs> If they do the whole state of Florida, like, are they going to impose Disney World? Like, are they going to have, like, a sign or something? Like, how are they going to... Like, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, no, I'm... That's what I'm going to find funny. There's, like, some monuments in Florida. There's some, like, Mm -hmm. stuff like that that I think would be hilarious. Yeah, I'm just imagining they're, like, parodying for Disney World. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, no. It'd be so funny. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Also, the goddamn music. Mm -hmm. Tom Petty, Tom Petty's Love is a Long Road has been stuck in my head. For the last week. Oh man. It's it's gonna be fun though. I think it'll be a fun game. I'm pretty hyped for it. I, I don't know a lot of people are. And yeah. and you guys are trippers because you've hung out hung in there for a very long time with this waiting for this game, man. That's a long time. Yeah, so man. I know people are excited and it's just, just nice that um it's still going and they can still do stuff. So and the storyline seems cool too, like the yeah guy and the protagonist and the guy and the girl. Yeah, so, should be interesting. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very curious about that stuff. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our final topic, and this is one we've kind of been keeping track of for a while now. Um, we got an official trailer for Mr. and Mrs. Smith season one. The Sausage Three's two lonely strangers land a job working for a mysterious spy agency that offers them a glorious life of espionage, wealth, world travels, and a dream brownstone in Manhattan. The catch: uh, new identities in an arranged marriage as Mr. and Mrs. John and Jane Smith. Now, as John and Jane uh, navigate a high-risk mission every week while also facing a new relationship milestone, their complex cover story becomes even more complicated when they catch real feelings for each other. What's riskier, espionage or marriage? Uh, based off the 2005 film of the same name and created by Donald Glover and Atlanta writer uh, Francesca Sloan with Sloan on Shermaning Duties, the series stars Glover, Pen15, and Sim- uh, Blue Sky Samurai, which I highly recommend folks check out. Um, star uh, Maya Eskrin, Alexander Sarsgaard, Issa Gonzalez, Sarah Paulson, Ron Perlman, Paul Dano, uh, Mika- Michaela Cole, uh, John Turturro, Parker Posey, and Wagner Mora, among others. The series is set to be released on Prime Video with all eight episodes on February 2nd, 2024. So we've been kind of keeping track for a while on this one, uh, especially when it was originally going to be done with Donald Glover and uh, a few other bridge and stuff, but I'm really curious about this one, especially with Maya Eskren, who was recently in uh, Blue Sky Samurai, and she played the voice of the lead, and I thought she was great in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this looks very interesting. What do you think about this? I thought the trailer was cool. Um, I like a lot of it. I think it's going to be... Guys, it's been so long since I've seen the original movie. But mm-hmm. um, it's... I mean, Donald Glover's great, and mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta is such a good show, like from bits I've seen. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's going to be really great. The trailer looked really cool, and it still, like, the vibe is still kind of the same. 
So like, I think it'll be cool. Yeah, no. Also, the supporting cast for this. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little shocked. Paul Dano's in this. That's wild. I, so I, wild. Yeah, no. I'm. I'm just like, how the fuck were they able to get Paul Dano? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's Donald Glover. He could probably he probably is up there where he probably has as well. But still, Paul fucking Dano. I know that's crazy. Yeah, so, so crazy. Uh, yeah, no. But either way, I'm. I'm here about this one. Uh, yeah. Anyways, movie under recommendations of the week. So I have seen both Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials, The Star Beast and Blue Mountain Yonder, and they were great. Uh, Shamara Russell T. Davies and company returns to the franchise with a sense of nostalgic excitement while providing some new, exciting, and fun stories. In addition, David Tennant and Catherine Tate are incredible as the Doctor and Donna Tate, uh, returning to roles like it was yesterday, having great chemistry with each other. Also, I will say, as someone that, like, for, for context, my first Doctor was Matt Smith, and my first showrunner was. Stephen Moffat. So this is the first time I've, and with the exception of like a few beats pieces here and there, like this is my first time experiencing Davies and Tenet. Tenet, mm -hmm. and I will say, like I, 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 I do like Tenet. I like Tenet very much. So you haven't seen Ten Story, like Ten I, Story? Yeah, no. Like I've seen like David. Like again, my only really experience up until that point was like, and when it comes to like David Tennant stuff, like I've seen. Um, I think it's like what Day of Doctor, where like him and Eleven team up. Oh, okay, I've seen that. Okay. I, I I've seen that and then um So you so you haven't seen the original story of Do the Doctor and uh Donna and like their whole season. Yeah, I, I haven't. I know how it ends though, but like I haven't. They're so good. They're so so good. I and uh cuz I've seen all of 10. I've seen Man, mm -hmm. it's been so so long. Mm -hmm. Since I've been into Doctor Who. It's been a minute. Mm -hmm. But uh Eggleston was my very first doctor. Interesting. Um, because I started watching from the beginning, from the reboot, mm, so like all okay. the episodes. My younger sibling loves Tenet so mm. much. Favorite, automatic. Um, I love. I like all of them. I'm torn between Smith and Tenet. I like a lot. I like both of them a lot. I think mm -hmm. they're both fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't gotten very far past Smith though. To be honest, I haven't really. Yeah, yeah. I I'm with you. I kind of dropped off around. Um, dropped off Capaldi. after Smith. Like, yeah. like I've heard good things about Cabaldi and Whitaker, respectively. Mm -hmm. But like, just Smith was Smith was my first. Yeah, it it's. I will say, it's very hard to get past your very first Doctor. Mm -hmm. Um. And Smith and Tennant were were so 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 good, and mm -hmm. this, this Tennant and Smith there were like the height of Doctor Who, so mm -hmm. it, it it's very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, when I remember when I heard this news that they're coming back, it's so good. Donna and and Tennant, um, or Catherine Tate have such such good rapport, and such good chemistry. It's insane. I know. And it's amazing, and like. If you watch their their season, the like the original mm -hmm. season of them, there it's so much fun and and like this is going up against Ten and Rose and mm -hmm. um who were also phenomenal as well. Mm -hmm. So like um like he I don't know Ten just brings something to the Doctor and I know this isn't I know it's not supposed to be ten I don't think I think it's supposed this to be like fourteen like 14. A, in between yeah fourteen and so. He's just, he's just great. So I haven't checked out the specials yet. I want to, but it's been, it's been a hot minute. So I probably will this weekend because I'm, so yeah. but I'm pretty, but no, when I heard this, I'm excited and 
I know a lot of other Doctor Who fans are excited because this is this is a very beloved pairing, uh, just friendship goals and like they're just a lot of fun together. Yeah, and and stuff, and so it's just it's fun. So yeah. like, and this is that's what I think maybe was missing from Doctor Who for a while is just the fun mm-hmm. energy, and I think Tennant and Smith brought that. Mm-hmm. And like, not that Capaldi and the others didn't, but I feel like there's such a youthful energy, and I yeah. think you kind of need that with the Doctor, mm-hmm. and to some re- some regard. Yeah, no, and I feel do- like yeah, and at least talk- with this. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you know, and you're and you're right about that. And when it comes to Cabal, um, t- no, Tenet, like my my also thing with Tenet is that I've seen the funny thing is with Tenet is that I wasn't really introduced him via Doctor Who, but I was introduced to him via other stuff like How to Train Your Dragon and Ducktales. Mm. And so, like, and also Jessica Jones season one, like he's a great actor, just in general. Tenet's phenomenal. He's so 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 good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, good um, omens for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic i think i think my first ex- exposure to him was him and his little role in the harry potter movies um, oh, i keep forgetting about that yeah he was in that i think that was my first exposure to him mm-hmm. and and i've seen him in jessica jones he's freaking terrifying in jessica jones but um, no. he's no tenant tenant is so good and um I think it was a very smart move, whoever came up with this idea to do this, because it can bring people back. Because, like, even my younger sibling has been talking, like, I've just heard so much about Doctor Who lately. Because mm-hmm. we used to love it. And then we dropped off after Smith left and mm-hmm. Tenet was done. So, like, um, it could really get people back into it. And then with the new Doctor coming in, it's Did always a great. One? Yeah, it's such a great point people to jump in because they get a new doctor or a new companion it's always a good dripping in point because it kind of is like a mini reboot so like you just start fresh mm-hmm. and you don't you you don't immediately need to know everything you can kind of just jump in and go for the ride so um yeah i think it i think it was a smart move i think bringing him and donna together was very smart because people absolutely love them yeah, and, and I think they're a lot of fun. Yeah, you know? and also Davies, just bringing back Davies mm-hmm. in general, which again, I haven't had the most experience with Davies. I think I've watched a few of the Eccleston episodes that he wrote, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like bringing back Davies and stuff, I feel like it's just a nice kind of. Um, He's great too. Yeah, I know. And like, and you know, I'm very curious to see what he does with um, Chigawa, but like bringing him back is, was just like kind of like a dream team, which mm-hmm. by the way, the final special's tomorrow, and I'm mm-hmm. not ready. I just got him, to know you. Him and Russ. It's funny with Moffat and Davies is mm-hmm. I think Davies is better at, as a showrunner and ha- having and making sure an overall idea is executed. Mm-hmm. And I think Moffat is good at like the short term mm-hmm. stuff and and stuff together. So, because I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about it a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's the case. I think, and I think P- Russell T. Davies just has a better—I don't want to say like a better understanding than Moffat, but like he just gets the Doctor Who world in a good way and is good at 
coming up with like the overall arcing mm-hmm. like storylines. I feel like yeah, no, um, I I actually have to agree with you on that because like I like even though like my first Doctor was was Smith and like you know my first showrunner was Moffat. Mm-hmm. I uh, in retrospect, like honestly, probably seasons five through seven. Like as much as I do enjoy I do enjoy it, it does. Like, there's kind of a different understanding when it comes mm-hmm. to, like, because Moffitt's with some bit more, like, you know, modern-day, like, actual, like, present-day stuff, whereas, like, Moffitt's Doctor was a bit more, like, a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Was a bit more... Because I think, I think Davies leads into the fun of the Doctor a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And whatnot. Not that Moffitt didn't, but, mm-hmm. like, Moffitt, I don't know what it is, but, like, um, like there's always just a little bit more grounding with Moffat's mm-hmm. stuff, and I've and that's like not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I feel like with the Doctor, you have to have that good balance between mm-hmm. like the fun, energetic, like want to see the world, want to explore, little little blue block, mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. Like Moffat just was trying to be a little bit more too grounded and stuff i feel like sometimes yeah no see, i don't I, know i i feel like that's a, kind of in the reverse you feel like it's in the reverse i don't know i it's been a minute since i've seen episodes so i can't really mm. say too much i just felt like 10 always 10 and 11 like i feel like 10 was always they both have like I'm trying to figure out a way to explain it, but like eleven, what well, was super energetic mm-hmm. to like ten, mm-hmm. there was always something holding him back. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know. Like this could be a whole other like whole other episode, honestly. But like uh, I concur, I concur. Yeah, so we should probably wrap this part up. Yeah, but like it's... it's just it's it's exciting though because I hope that this reinvigorates the fandom a little bit brings people back who haven't been checking in in a while and whatnot yeah. because it, it's always a good place to start with uh with a new doctor a new companion it's always a great place to pick back up so like and like watch the specials enjoy it because like this is a it's is literally like it's awesome that they were able to get tenant and tape back and it's so phenomenal yeah and i'm definitely excited to watch the specials when i can Oh uh, yeah, no, definitely. Oh, but yeah, no. Overall, the Star Beast and Wild Liliana were a great introduction to Davies' return to the franchise, and cannot wait to see how this final special pans out. And then also, um, so I also saw uh, Godzilla minus one, and it was amazing. Uh, Takashi Yamazaki and company crafted an emotional tale of trauma, redemption, and catharsis while also delivering a roaring great time for Godzilla fans, new and old. Additionally, the cast gave some amazing performances across the board, with some of the sounds being uh, Renazuki Kamaki and Minamani Ambani. Overall, uh, Godzilla Minus One was an amazing and emotional time from the beginning. And definitely check this one out on the big screen. I have no words. Um, do you have anything to uh, recommend before we close out? Uh, no, not that I can think of. All right, let's close out then. All right, sounds good. Uh, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok, a couple with two geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, a conversation with two geeks. And if you want to send us an email with anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, our email is at conversation with two geeks at gmail.com. Anyways, folks, take care and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
Thank you.